honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com and also brought to you by the Oddman Media Network. Here are your hosts, Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, and I am going solo once again today. Not really sure if that's going to change at any point. Um, I'll just leave that as is. So, uh, it is what it is. Gotta move on. Um, if we have new <laughs> a new co-host on the show at some point, that's fine. If the current slash old co-host returns that would be nice as well but we're going to leave that as is so yes it was a a decent week for the Timberwolves a two and one record of course the format for this show we're going to start with reviewing the games from the past week and then we will have a second segment previewing the games and then a third segment will be the fan interaction so now the show will go from two segments to three uh, at some point, we will bring League Talk back into the picture because I think that's a good thing and possibly switch uh, the game reviews into segment two and then, yeah, previews and fan interaction into segment three. But there it is. That's the whole... <laughs> that's a hint of where we may be headed. So we ended last week with a victory, a 98-72 victory over Utah in the Target Center. So then it was a home-and-home situation. Minnesota heads to Utah. I was pretty accurate on this prediction. The Wolves, did, uh, in fact, I might have been dead accurate. I might have even said the Wolves scored nine, uh, 112 and the Jazz 98. I think it was something like that. So a 112-97 victory for the Timberwolves over Utah um, on January 21st. So, yes, when I noticed, when you notice I said 2-1, and one, that means, oh, my God, we beat one of the two unbeatable teams in their unbeatable building. You know, it's like actually we actually won on the road and stuff. But, yeah, we're going to have to get to that next, though. we gotta, we got to talk briefly about this Utah game. It just was what it was. A pretty easy uh, victory for the Wolves. A bit physical, though. Uh, yeah, a bit physical. Like kind of, yeah, <laughs> a bit crazy. But Ricky Rubio finally scoring in double digits again. His passing skills really starting to come back up again. And that's very good news for Timberwolves fans. For someone like me trying to do a Minnesota Timberwolves show. Obviously featuring only one team, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Really counting on Ricky Rubio playing well uh, to draw in more fans, more listeners to the show. It, it's been a struggle over the course of time. But uh, in this game, yeah, Ricky Rubio, really? I mean, only five field goal attempts, but still managed to get 11 points, 13 assists, uh, five steals all over the place. Looked outstanding, actually, in about a 39-minute game. Nice to see. Very refreshing. Uh, J.J. Barea. Pretty hot off the bench with 15 points as well. 3-5 from three-point range. A nice game for J.J. Barea. He seems to always do well against uh, the bad teams. So, yeah. he. But uh, we'd like to see a little more against good teams. It's once in a while. Uh, the Love-Pekovic combination was good, good as always. Double digits uh, all around. Kevin Love missing a triple-double by two assists in this game. That meaning he got eight. 19 uh, points, 13 rebounds in the game. Looked solid. Um, didn't shoot very well from three. In fact, uh, mostly Beret who shot <laughs> shot well from three. The rest of the team, eh. But Kevin Martin beginning uh, a decent trend from three-point range. Did not shoot well from the floor in general in this game. But Kevin Martin starting to pick up the pace as we head into the <laughs> into the next games here. Um, this game, there really all isn't all that much to say other than it was physical, but an overall easy win for the Timberwolves, and a very predictable win. The Wolves just seem to play well against Utah now. Obviously, they're not a very good team right now. They're very undermanned. They're uh, in the Wiggins <laughs> sweepstakes. A lot of people talking about Trey Burke versus uh, Ricky Rubio and how the Wolves obviously took Trey Burke. Didn't have the greatest game ever, but still would probably be good to have Burke and Rubio together. A lot of people seem to be leaning that direction versus the alternative. Uh, you know, Trey Burke would probably be getting some minutes, even though that stubborn son of a gun, Rick Adelman's not been playing any rookies whatsoever. you got to think Trey Burke would earn some minutes. 
um, and his value would be slightly higher than Shabazz Muhammad right now. Uh, Gorgi Zheng should be playing, without a doubt. Shabazz Muhammad won't be playing just because Rick Edelman is what he is. He's just not going to play him. Um, <laughs> that's about all there is to it. Gordon Hayward back with a bang after injuries. He had a 27-point game, but overall, Utah Jazz did not put up much of a resistance whatsoever. Alec Burks looked okay, but did not shoot well, really. He, but, you know, he had some moments, we can say. We'll just leave it at that. He had some moments. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not going to really jump more into this one. Just nice to see the Wolves get a win. A nice, slight momentum builder. Working back to 500, because we were three games below 500 before last week's Utah game. And here we go. Timberwolves win two in a row against Utah. Nice uh, momentum builder. But we're going into Golden State. And it's like, eh, we never win in Oracle. Never. Never, ever. And then it's like, okay, Wolves get off to a nice, solid start. All right. This game, by the way, was on Friday, uh, January 24th. Just mentioning that. <laughs> nice, solid start for the Timberwolves. Though it's like the common trend among everybody's like, well, nobody really plays defense between these two right now. The whole game was pretty high scoring. 36-36 over the first quarter. Just like, holy smokes, what the heck? I mean, the Wolves are... <laughs> the Wolves are having some moments overall. Tied after the first quarter. Tied after the second quarter. Going into halftime with a tie. Wolves were ahead for, for a while there. For quite a while. But then would keep letting go of the lead. Because... Stephen Curry's got to hit 19,000 three-pointers. Spicy Curry, whatever you want to call him. Oh, boy. So frustrating to watch. Yeah, if you like Stephen Curry, that's that's up to you. Uh, he's a great player, but it's really annoying when you're not, you know, you can't, like, you want to win the game, and he just makes every freaking three he takes. It's really, it, it, it gets old. You know, he shot 60% from three-point range in this game. That's all. Six of ten from three. And also managed to get fifth assists in this game. I'm not sure I've seen Stephen Curry get 15 assists in the past. That's got to be a career high. <laughs> Crazy night for Stephen Curry overall. Uh, shots were falling for Golden State. There was really no defense throughout the whole night. Though really the only other guy who really even made a three-player in this game was Clay Thompson, except for a, just a wacky little lucky fallback throw-in three-pointer by Andre Iguodala, when the Wolves led by, was at four points late in the game and made everybody pissed off <laughs> down the stretch. But the point is, in this game, the Wolves just continued to hang on. and They just continued to hang in there and hold their own. And But then it's like, yeah, we're going to lose. It's going to fall apart. You can just see it happening. But then all of a sudden, the Wolves go on a, was it 16-6 to six run? And they're up by four points. It's like, okay. But we're not going to win. We're not going to win in Golden State. We couldn't even win there when we were a number one seed in the Western Conference. I mean, the Wolves never win in Oracle Arena, no matter who's playing, no matter what year, what time, what decade. doesn't matter. Wolves never win in Oakland or San Francisco or whatever the heck it is. <laughs> the Bay Area. There we go. They, they never win. Nah, they never win there. <laughs> and when Golden State had a little lead... Little two point lead, little two point lead, yeah, two points. Kevin Martin for three. Kevin Martin for three. And what did I say on the last show, folks? What did I say on the last show? Kevin Martin, I'm perfectly fine with him taking a spot up shot when it's late in the game. Not driving to the basket looking for a foul. No, no. Not happy with that. But a spot up three? Ray Allen style? Okay. I had no problem with that. And what happened? Kevin Martin took a spot up three and made his third three of the night. Perfect from beyond the arc. Three of three. Ten of 17 from the floor. Kevin Martin was unbelievable in this game. And the Wolves win. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Wolves won in Golden State. Yeah, the Wolves won. 121 <laughs> to 120. Uh, FSN kind of dropped the ball again. Another one of their last shot... Uh, Last shot, what's the word? Kerfuffles? They're, they've been good at that lately. When the... It's usually the other team has the ball at the point. Either the Wolves lose or win on this play. <laughs> oh, horror horror stories from uh, yeah the Chris Paul days when he was still with the Hornets. Johnny Flynn running the wrong way, basically. Watching Chris Paul go for a layup. Thinking that uh, Chris Paul's going to go out for three. Instead, he went the other direction to the basket and was the easiest layup ever. Because Johnny Flynn was one of the best defenders you ever saw, boy. I mean... 
It's just stalwart. Bruce Bruce Bowen Bruce Bruce Bowen doesn't hold up to Johnny Flynn's D. Nah. No, he really doesn't. Um D for dumb. Dunce D minus uh brain on the court. Ah, screw it. We're talking F minus, man, when it comes to Johnny Flynn. But anyhow, I digress. Uh, <laughs> FSN, just a little late after the commercial break, and there's the, oh, the, oh, okay, he missed. All right, the Wolves win. All right, then. That, that, that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> the Wolves win the game. That's the whole point. Last second attempt by Harrison Barnes. Not Stephen Curry. Harrison Barnes. The Wolves are able to contain Curry and Clay Thompson, which I would think the Warriors fans and the Warriors themselves would highly prefer seeing Curry or Clay. With a, with, a, with a shot at the buzzer. It wound up being Harrison Barnes was only one for seven from the floor and it didn't go in. So, there it is. The Minnesota Timberwolves win in Oracle Arena for the first time since 1812. No, I mean, it, it, it's just unbelievable. Um, and the Timberwolves win their first game within four points of the entire season. And Kevin Bleepin' Martin hits a clutch shot. And, yeah, he didn't drive to the basket this time looking for a foul. It wasn't J.J. Barea looking for a foul. It wasn't Kevin Love looking for a foul. It wasn't Corey Brewer looking for a foul. It wasn't Nikola Pekovic um, going eight bleep when he touched the ball, going a little too fast, and then, oh, he put a little too much on it, and it's off. Ah, like he did that one time against the Clippers. Against the Clippers, yes, after Kevin Martin screwed up horribly in that game as well. Wolves had that one won. But let's stay on the positive note. The Wolves actually win a game in Golden State, in Oracle Arena. Golden State, in the Bay Area, in Oracle Arena. Um, (laughs) See, guys, see, I can be positive. You heard me yelling a little bit on the last show. You heard me being frustrated. Where I am kind of more of a, quote-unquote, you could say I'm kind of like almost like an East Coast-style show host. More more, instead of a Minnesota-style, Minnesota-style host. Which, the whole Minnesota nice thing, I don't even know what to call it, man. It's Minnesota click, not Minnesota nice. Minnesota nice to whoever's in your click. <laughs> yeah, that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Nice nice to a point, nice to a point. Yeah, there we go, I'll be a little bit better. But uh, where I'm a little more, hey, when guys make the same dumb, dumbass mistakes, I'm going to come out and I'm going to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to tell you how frustrated I am about it. But when guys make good plays, make clutch plays, and make smart plays, I'm going to talk about it. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. (laughs) I'm not going to come behind the mic and BS you, man. I'm not going to tell you, oh, hey, well, at least we're still within 500. Look at the big picture. You know, we still have a chance at the playoffs. Sure, we have a chance at the playoffs. But when you're going to make the same, same dumb mistakes... My confidence in that is not going to be really high. So, this game right here, like I stated on the last show, if the Wolves somehow won the game, <laughs> won the game, won a game in Golden State or Portland or shucks both, it could be a season-changing type of type of game because of the confidence, the confidence in the team, a confidence builder. This game has the potential to do that because obviously the Timberwolves finally finally broke the over, uh, excuse me, the four point. Uh, wall that they were crashing into every single time they were in a close game. 0 for 12 until this night. 0 for 12 in four in four point games. Games with a differential of four points or less. Minnesota wins by one point. <laughs> in Oracle Arena. Game of the week. All the credit in the world to the Timberwolves. They weren't perfect. Obviously there was mistakes in the game. Obviously they gave up a trillion points. And the perimeter defense was what it was. But they hung in and won the game. And all the credit, man. I mean, Corey Brewer hit a clutch, very clutch uh, corner three at one point in the game. Kevin Love turned his ankle, unfortunately. It was a different type of turning, too. Uh, Yeah, he stepped on, I think it was Bogut. I think it was Bogut. I'm not going to watch the replay of it. I mean, come on now. You don't need to be that crazy. (laughs) Uh, Bogut's uh, ankle. Or excuse me, Love Love stepped on Bogut's shoe and turned his ankle and was hopping up and down and fell to the floor and it's like, well, all right then, that's not good. But Kevin Love stayed in there and he's back. So very very good news. Kevin Love again within two assists of a triple double, a twenty six fourteen night. 
turned ankle and all. Only seven of eighteen from the from three uh, from the floor. One of five from three. Shot really long on his three attempt. I gotta think the ankle had something to do with it because he thought he had to put a little extra on his shot, being his legs weren't as strong. They're not going to be as strong when your ankle's like hurting, like you know what. So we overcompensated, and the shot hit like the side of the backboard a bit. There, it was a little bit long there, just just a, just a touch long. But I'm not going to get too mad at him. Ho- hopefully, uh, it's just one of those things where hopefully Kevin Love can. Well, hopefully this isn't a lingering type of deal. He's going to keep playing through it, but you know you don't want him to struggle too much. But regardless, a very very nice win for Minnesota. Very cool. Nice to see A.J. Price on the floor instead of J.J. Barea. Very interesting to note in a close game like this that the likes of Alexi Shved and A.J. Price saw extended minutes. Well, Price saw only about four minutes, but still, Barea only saw nine and a half minutes in this game, and Shved saw 14, saw 14 minutes. It was pretty solid in the game. Seven points, three rebounds. Not, not a bad game at all. Didn't get us killed. No turnovers. Um, hey, no assists, unfortunately, but not a bad game. Uh, AJ Price is a nice stabilizer. He's not somebody you're going to count on to score a lot. He's going to score once in a blue moon, but he's a stabilizing point guard, and he's not an inferior type of point guard like a Derek Martin or such. I mean, it's hard not to like him. Uh, to see Luke Richard Mute completely falling out of the rotation does say a lot about uh, what kind of trade that was with Derek Williams. Ugh. Ugh. Is that really the best we could do? Oh, boy. And it says a lot about how Rick Adelman felt about Derek Williams. Mm. It sucks, but not going to end it. Not going to end this game on a sour note. Fantastic win. Very cool. Potential confidence builder. Was hoping maybe, just maybe, the Minnesota Timberwolves could head into Portland and keep keep things going and be like, wow, we're in the midst of a four-game win streak and over 500. But no, the 500 wall is still very much intact. That wall is strong as a blankety blanker. <laughs> it's big and it sucks. <laughs> and of course, it's kind of tough when you have a track meet with the Golden State Warriors scoring nine bajillion points on the road and actually win the game and you got to play the next night in Portland, Oregon. And yes, it's Oregon, not Oregon. It's, it's Oregon and Tristan Mayer would be very happy to tell you if you asked him. <laughs> I'm sure he would. As would uh, Keelan King. Rip City Bad Boys. Nice show. Nice show. Blazers and uh, Pistons. 1990 NBA Finals. And Rasheed Wallace uh, is the is the franchise player of that show because he played on both teams and all that. <laughs> um, 115-104 to victory by the Portland Trail Blazers over the Timberwolves. In a game where the Wolves weren't bad. I mean, they started strong, but they kind of lost it. You know, and it was too bad. They kind of... By the second quarter, you got the vibe, like it's the old here we go again, unfortunately. And, you know, the momentum, the uh, the euphoria was holding strong as the Wolves were able to maintain at least a two-point lead after one quarter, but after that, is like Portland, Portland, Portland. Um, not, a, not a total blowout or anything, but it was pretty much like you just knew the Blazers were going to win. Marcus Aldrich always has something to prove against Kevin Love, and it's annoying to watch, And but he didn't play that great. He didn't play all that great. He's kind of the classic LaMarcus Aldrich, unlike what he's been doing this year. More like 24 points, 11 rebounds. He only got like 21 and 6. That's kind of the old LaMarcus Aldrich right there. Uh, Robin Lopez, what a valuable, valuable player. Oh, double-double night for him. He was all over the place. High high percentage player, smart, tough, defensive-minded. Should I say this, guys? Should I say this? For the money that they make... Oh, well, obviously, this is an easy one to say anyway. You're probably like, well, duh. But yeah, for the money they make, Robin Lopez, way, way better deal than Brooke Lopez. And quite frankly, because of the cap situation and all that crap you'd run into with a Brooke Lopez, I would, I'd rather, much rather have Robin Lopez versus Brooke. Brooke Lopez's offense versus Robin Lopez's defense and gritty uh, scoring ability and rebounding. I'll take Robin. I got Robin, guys. I got Robin. Yes, yes. I got Robin over a brook. <laughs> yep, uh, and Portland did a Portland nice trade for them, man. That's all I got to say there. Great uh, acquisition, getting Robin Lopez. He's a big reason why the Blazers are good. Um, really, though, in general, nobody that majorly stood out in the game. The Blazers just—they're just bigger and better than us. They're deeper, you know. I mean, 
that's basically the 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 root of the whole thing here. Uh, they shot forty eight percent. Obviously, that's pretty good, but at the same time, a lot of guys didn't play all that great. Mo Williams is kind of a pain in the butt. He was kind of a backbreaker for the Wolves down the stretch. Actually, really valuable off the bench. Like like I said on the last show, Mo Williams versus JJ Barea. Well, that's one huge reason why the Blazers are better. Robin Lopez versus like the Turioffs and and such, and the fact that we won't play Gorgie Zhang. And his lack of experience. He even got unshacked in a fool last week. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, a pretty nasty looking pass he tried to attempt. Um, that being Gorgie. But no, like Robin Lopez versus, you know, versus the the centers other than Pekovic. Pretty big difference. And obviously Lopez's defense is better than Pekovic's. So there you go. Lillard obviously is excellent, though he didn't have the biggest game ever. Wesley Matthews has been very good for them this whole season. So, and he's been good for them the last couple of years. Portland Trailblazers have put together a pretty nice team there, and uh, they're going to have a... It's going to be interesting to see how far they can get. CJ McCollum, I like what I see so far. I don't think he's a future star in this league. Uh, Some people agree, some people don't. We'll see. Obviously, way too early to tell, and in this current lineup, you know the minutes really just aren't there yet for him to start to for him to shine just yet. Though the, the time the time will come, I'm sure. But when you got Mo Williams, uh, Damian Lillard, and Wesley Matthews, it's tough. So luckily, he's getting he's still finding 15. Uh, the coach Stotts is finding 15 minutes for CJ McCollum. Where I gotta think. Mr. Adelman could very easily find minutes for the rookies the Timberwolves have. Yeah, especially Shabazz. But actually, even more especially Gorgie Jang. I mean, they, they he should be able to find minutes for those guys. And it just shows the situation in Portland versus Minnesota. Quite quite different. Um, and you would think the Blazers would be even more in a win-now mode than the Timberwolves because Marcus Aldridge is older than Kevin Love. He's he's older, uh, <laughs> you know. Batum is, is getting there, is, is getting a... Not older, but I mean, well, he's getting older than he was type of deal. He's getting closer to his prime. So, they're kind of in a win-now situation, too. And look at them. They are winning now. So, come on, Adelman. What the heck? <laughs> he's not too scared to play C.J. McCollum out there. And yes, I'm sure a lot of people would say C.J. McCollum's so much better than Shabazz, but... Oh, that's, a, that's an argument for another show, I suppose. <sighs> I understand, but it's just the need is there for the Turtles scoring off the bench, and Adelman is just Adelman. Yeah, so it's just I'm just comparing Portland and Minnesota, and it's 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 a bummer. So we're gonna leave that alone. Solid week for the Wolves. Very very solid week for the Wolves. I can't complain too much. I really can't. Um, the upcoming schedule for the next week. Uh, well, uh, we'll see. Could carve out a few wins here. Hopefully, we're gonna be have to preview four games here, but it's uh, usually pretty brief. I don't get over the top in it, so don't worry. I won't I won't drag this out too long now. I won't drag it out too long. So we'll be back right after this first break. Do you shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast? just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportsstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping, and Amazon sees that we referred you, and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportsstuff.com, and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Too busy to sit in front of a computer? Simply download Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes for Apple devices. For Android, download the Double Twist app. And for Windows and BlackBerry phones, simply find us in the store. And now, back to Paladino Joey and Marcus the Forecaster. Hello and welcome back to Timberwolves Explosion. We are going to jump right into the previews. Coming into the next week here, Monday, January the 27th, the Minnesota Timberwolves head to (laughs) United Center to play the uh, depleted Chicago Bulls, but still not a bad team. 
not a good team, but not a bad team. In fact, our records are almost identical. Uh, we're reciprocals of each other. Minnesota is 21 and 22. Chicago is 22 and 21, which I suppose slightly favors Chicago in United Center. Uh, they're not a obviously, like I said again, they're not a bad team, but at the same time, without Derrick Rose, they're certainly. You know, there's certainly nothing special. Now they've traded away Gorgie. What am I calling him? Gorgie Deng. Jeng. Luol Deng. That's a league talk thing you could say to the Cleveland Cavaliers for, uh, not much. <clears throat> yeah, not really too much. Oh, boy. Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose. Uh, it's like you look at this team, they're kind of, well, oh, my God. Mike James is on the roster. <laughs> Oh my God, Mike James is on the roster, um, and yeah, they don't don't have uh, they don't have Nate Robinson like they did last year. Huge, huge factor. Like I always say, Nate Robinson is one of those guys. It's like he comes in and helps you make some type of little playoff run. He's a he's a he's a very valuable weapon off the bench, and then they just turn around and say hell with you when it's time to sign him. And it's it's kind of sad. So it's kind of sad to see what happens to Nate Robinson. I believe he got a two year deal with Denver this time. So. Good for him in that in that sense. It's about time he got some type of uh, decent contract out of it. DJ Augustine has been doing okay as the point guard for the Chicago Bulls. Actually, that's the one positive for Chicago right now because obviously having to replace Rose at point guard with a he's averaging about thirteen and a half points and six assists so far for Chicago in twenty three games. He really hasn't been he really hasn't been bad at all. Um, again, nowhere near Derrick Rose, but. Better than he'd been the past several years, DJ Augustine. He'd been struggling for a while, so nice to see him kind of rebounding and such. But uh, this Bulls team does nothing for me. I, uh, it's like you know, I, I'd like to pick the Wolves in this one. Honestly, it's just so tough. I, I just got a bad feeling things will kind of fall apart in this one. I mean, you know, the Wolves' world record is not good. That's not news. Uh, the Bulls, well, they use their bench better than Adelman, <laughs> but that pretty much includes just about everybody in this league. Edelman drives me nuts. drives a lot of people nuts. And the other people will tell you, well, the Wolves don't have any bench. What are you talking about? Stop your whining. But, um, yeah, the Wolves have a, the Wolves have, the Wolves have a better bench than people want to give them credit. I think that's a little bit crazy. Uh, I've never been a Carlos Boozer fan. It's just empty stats. <laughs> it really is. You know, you look at the roster, it's like, well, okay, but there's always the one guy, Joachim Noah, who can really, really go off. Um, doesn't necessarily score a lot, but he can at times. His defense is unbelievable. His rebounding is unbelievable. His energy is off the charts. He's definitely uh, an X-factor in going into this game, and he's a large reason why I kind of think the Bulls could uh, could win this one. In fact, I think they probably, well, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Chicago in this one. The Bulls have not had much success in that building, even well post the Michael Jordan era. So, Except when the Bulls were absolutely horrendous, but I don't know. Wolves just never seem to play too well there. Um, it's like you look at the Bulls roster, and it's like you think the Wolves should win this one. I mean, the Wolves are a better team. I I think the Wolves are better, which is really sad. But I don't know. The Bulls just. Uh, <laughs> I mean, until the Wolves keep proving more. I, well, okay, no, no. I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna change it because. I'm, I'm going to go with the confidence-building approach because they did beat Golden State, and they and they were good against Portland until they pretty much had their, basically had their, I mean, it's the, the sea legs took over. I mean, the Wolves were exhausted because of going, uh, going ape bleep against Golden State the night before, so we'll give the Wolves some credit here. They have a couple days rest going into the Monday night game here against the Chicago Bulls. I will pick the Timberwolves to win this one, believe it or not. And I'm going to pick them to win by by five. Yeah, I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> let's go 100 to 95. So the Wolves will win by more than four. Yeah, yeah, let's just try to be safe here. Wolves win 100 to 95. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, whatever. I mean, it, 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 you know, the Wolves should win this game, damn it. So I'm, I'm going to give them I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt this time around. See, I can be positive. But without the Kool-Aid drinking BS like some people out there expect, which I will not give you. Sorry. Can't do it. Refuse to. Oh, man. I wish this thing didn't operate this way. It's like you go to the schedule and then it resets and goes all the way back to the beginning of the season. I don't understand that. <laughs> it's 
such a pain in the butt. But um, I do know the Wolves, yes, the Pelicans, Wednesday the 29th of January. New Orleans Pelicans come to Minnesota. That spells a victory for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They've had a nice record against the New Orleans Pelicans. They've had a very... They, I mean, the Wolves have done well against the Pelicans. Um, Anthony Davis did not play well last time the Pelicans came to the target center. The Wolves won pretty handily, and I think the Wolves do the same thing again against the Pelicans. So that would mean the Wolves would actually be over 500, believe it or not. I'm actually going to have the Wolves go over 500 this week. I mean, that Golden State win is going to change a little bit of the landscape for the Wolves. Like, I don't know how much, but it's got to change it a little bit. I mean, a win like that has got to change something. Because there are multiple, there were like at least three different major things that happened that night. You know, the fact that you win in, in Oracle itself is a confidence builder. And winning the four-point game is a confidence builder. And a guy like Kevin Martin hitting a game-winning shot, huge confidence builder. So, that's where I'm excited a bit. That's where my confidence is a little bit higher in this team going into this week. Believe it or not. And, you know, Pelicans, they're just not ready to compete right now. Uh, bad matchup. They're you know they're they're a good matchup for the Timberwolves and we're a bad matchup for them thus far. It has not gone well for the Pelicans against us. So the good news is Wolves win another one. This one will be an eight to ten or yeah. I'll say an eight point victory for the Timberwolves. We're gonna go with I don't know what we're gonna go with. We're gonna go with a million point win. No, well, we're gonna go with one twelve one twelve one hundred four victory for the Wolves. Uh, so somehow the Pelicans are gonna score. <laughs> 100 points, trying to look at the previous uh, games here between the Wolves, but we're just going to let that slide for now, unfortunately, because it's not coming up, and I'm not going to fight with that right now. But, hey, you got the that puts the Wolves at 2-0 and so far going into the week, and then Memphis Grizzlies come to town. That's kind of a wild card, because historically that team has been a real, real pain in the butt for the Wolves over the season. The Wolves actually won a game in Memphis this year, which I'm just uh, I'm, I'm still a bit stunned about that one. I do remember that. They won in Memphis. That was back on Sunday, December the 15th. Man, the Wolves actually won in Memphis this year. What the heck? Uh, I'm seeing an old Pelicans game here, too. There it is. Yeah, one. Yep, so thinking the Pelicans are going to break 100. Yeah, not a very surprising thought, because the Wolves gave up 112 against the Pelicans, but scored 124 themselves, so the next one will be a little lower scoring. 112-104, like I said. Um, Memphis coming to Target Center. I, man, I can't pick too many wins here, can I? I, I got to be careful. <laughs> this is Friday, the 31st of January, the last day of January coming up this, this week. This could be a huge win for the Timberwolves for, in the landscape of the whole, uh, the, the whole playoff race landscape here. This would be an unbelievably big win for the Wolves because right now at this date, Memphis is 22-20. and 20, So... That would mean the Wolves could possibly be catching Memphis and passing them this week if, say, things go as well as they have and the Wolves go in and defeat, go into Target Center and defeat the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I do think it's possible. I mean, these games are very, very winnable, folks. This is not Golden State and Portland. This is not Oklahoma or the Clippers for some damn reason. The Wolves cannot defeat them anymore, and that's really, really, really damn frustrating. <laughs> this is not the Miami Heat where the Wolves have never even come close to beating since LeBron James put on a Heat jersey. Never came close to beating that team. Uh, Indiana, I don't see the Wolves beating them at any point right now. Uh, any time in the not-too-distant future. Um, Phoenix, oh, I don't even want to talk about that. We're not going to get back into that one. Oh, oh, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Memphis is kind of, you know, they're not what they were. They're not what they were last year, that's for damn sure. Um, last year they were a very, very strong team that some of us actually saw going to the NBA Finals last year because of Westbrook's injury. It's like, oh, Memphis, will, well, oh, they're just going to run San Antonio out of, out of their arena because San Antonio is old. They're going to run out of gas like they did last year. No, they didn't run out of gas. <laughs> they swept the crap out of that Memphis team. Oh, man. Ah, uh, that's right, Memphis. That was another news thing. Memphis now is Courtney Lee, and he's off to a very, very nice start. Averaging over 15 points a game in nine in the, his first nine games with the uh, the uh, the Grizzlies. Jared Bayless off to Boston. Jared Bayless was a, a, a valuable guy off the bench for Memphis in the postseason last year. 
um, made some dumbass decisions, but how many, yeah, but he's like another Berea in that sense, where he'll just, he'll, he can gun you out of a game sometimes. <laughs> Notice how he was only averaging like two assists a game this year. So, was Jared. But, um, guys like Marcus Stahl, they're a pain in the butt. Michael, Mike Conley is obviously extremely valuable. He's good defensively. He's smart and solid offensively, and he's, his points per game are up to 18 points a game now. He's now the leading scorer for the Memphis Grizzlies, if you can believe that. Uh, Tony Allen is injured, unfortunately for them. Zach Randolph, well, he's still very good, but his numbers are kind of starting to decline a bit. So, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I guess the Wolves ride the momentum and win another one. I'm trying to be really careful here. Really careful. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go 193 with this one, which would be very similar to the last time the Wolves played them. Very, very, uh, yeah, I sound a little too positive now, don't I? But <laughs> it's like, whoa, I'm losing my touch. But no, I mean, this is a very winnable stretch here, like I've been trying to say. These are not crazy hard games. So let's just say if the Wolves don't beat like Memphis, and if somehow they lose to, if somehow they lose to the Pelicans, that'd be ridiculous. I think that's the easiest call of the week. If they lose to Memphis, it's disappointing. You don't want to lose that game. Um, Chicago at Chicago, it's a risky pick, but I'm going to go with it because just I'm not impressed with the Bulls right now, and the Wolves are, you know, the Wolves are the Wolves are looking better right now. But there is a game that I will definitely pick a loss. February the first, Saturday, February the first. It's a back-to-back game too. So after an emotional, fairly close game against Memphis that the Wolves last outlast and win. They head to Atlanta, where the Minnesota Timberwolves never, ever, ever win. The Wolves never win in Atlanta. It's a similar situation, whether they're good or bad. It's just like an unwinnable place. Atlanta is a much better team at home than they are on the road. And again, again, for like the 99th year in a row, everybody's pretty much counted Atlanta out like they're crap, all this stuff. But they're always competitive, aren't they? As as un, as as unsuccessful as they are in the postseason, I mean, they never win in the playoffs. Even when they had Dominique Wilkins, you know, they they underachieved in the postseason. Except for in 1988 when they almost went to the East Finals, but then they would have ran into the uh, the Detroit Pistons. It's like they were screwed if they liked it or not that year. As awesome as that Hawks team was, they ran into the Celtics and they ran they would have ran into the Pistons. It's like whatever. So unfortunate circumstances there. I'm, getting sidetracked again because I really liked that team back then. Um, but yeah, the Hawks do get, uh, they do tend to hang on every single year. You think they're dead, they're gone. You know, they they they, they suck, they traded away everybody, they, they fire the coach, they do this, they do that, but look at them, they're still good. Yeah, they traded, yeah, they, tra- they, lost. they traded away everybody, but they brought in some nice players. They did. They have a nice team. Um, they're not that good. I mean, 23 and 20 is not that good. Uh, obviously, second place in the Southeast Division doesn't exactly, we're talking the Western Conference, or Eastern Conference, who doesn't exactly make you a great team. But Vince Germano, when he's talking about Jeff Teague, Vince Germano likes Jeff Teague. Obviously, the courtside podcast, fantastic show. Big backer, Jeff Teague, and I agree. Jeff, Jeff Teague's a very, very nice player for the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Al Horford is what he is. Paul Millsap has been a wonderful addition to the Atlanta Hawks. Just wonderful. You know, I, I think he's doing better for the Hawks than Al Jefferson's doing for the Charlotte Bobcats. So, obviously, both of those Mississippi boys leaving Utah and heading to the Eastern Conference. Uh, Paul Millsap is off to a better start with his new team, and his team is, is doing better. <laughs> Horford is kind of, a, obviously, well, yeah, I won't call him off injured. We know what happened with him, unfortunately, that chest muscle tear. Extremely unfortunate for him. I mean, that's got to hurt just just a little bit, right? Oh, my. I mean, oh, that's nasty. Whew. It's the, I forget what they call it, but it's the muscle that kind of, like, connects your... Yeah, it's around, like, your arm to your chest and stuff. Kind of nasty, you know, like the big, huge one that when you bench press, you know, that one? That would really suck to tear that. Oh, my. Maybe he was benching a little too much, but uh, that sucks. That doesn't help the uh, the Hawks' chances to get to the second round this year in the Eastern Conference, but um, they still have a lot of nice players. Kyle Korver still hanging around, hitting threes, doing his thing, shooting about 46% from three-point range. 
man, uh, <laughs> I mean, they have a lot of they they still have their weapons. Uh, Lou Williams is kind of in and out with his with his health, but when he's healthy, he's obviously a valuable piece off the bench. Nice, solid team. I don't think the Wolves win the game, unfortunately. So we're gonna go with ah oh, man. It's like I like to see some of the. <laughs> I mean, Atlanta's one of those weird teams where they kick your butt and then they get their butt kicked. They've always been like that. We're gonna go 103 to 90. Atlanta's gonna win pretty pretty comfortably in this one. 103 to 90. I don't think the Wolves have a very good game. They're gonna come out flat, and the Hawks are gonna take advantage of it, and um, that's what's gonna happen. So there you go, 103 90. That will conclude the previews. That's four games <laughs> coming into next week and going into the next episode. So we'll be talking about those four games next week. But we're going to take a break and we're going to jump into the fan interaction. We're going to talk to you guys out there <laughs> in the next segment. Contact us and support Timberwolves Explosion by liking us on Facebook and following at Wolves Explosion on Twitter. Don't forget to call into our phone lines at 209-736-7877. That's 209-736-7877. And we're back here on Timberwolves Explosion. It is the fan interaction segment. You heard how to get there, so get there. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, and we'd like to hear some voices on this show, damn it. So do call. Do call. You heard the phone-in lines there. So here we go. Let's get to that Facebook page. Not as much interaction this week, unfortunately, on the Facebook page. Now, I hope people didn't misunderstand what I meant last week when I said I'd like to get more local people on. Well, yes, I'd like to get more local people on the Facebook page and the and the Twitter and stuff. Seems like I get only local on Twitter. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, I actually missed a nice tweet from uh, Mr. Train the other week, so uh, I'll get back to... Maybe I can get to that here in a little bit, because last week was so damn busy. <laughs> and nothing wrong with it being busy, by the way, but I'm just saying, that doesn't mean all you all you guys in Australia and, and, and such and New Zealand have to disappear. Now, don't you be disappearing now. <laughs> no, and Hank McCoy was posting, but uh, gosh, I didn't hear from Vince Germano, didn't hear from Tanay this week. Kind of a bummer. So, uh, I'm not complaining. I understand if you're busy, but don't don't think I meant like oh I I want more local people man I don't want any yeah you guys stop posting no never stop posting when you guys post it's really helpful and right now when I'm solo it's more fun to have posting you know you kind of help you know you kind of help the show out you interact with me so there you go as mentioned I don't know how how long I'm gonna be solo guys it could be a while it could be a long time, if you know what I mean. So, but that's not a shot at anybody. That's just stating a fact. That's what Timberwolves Explosion is all about. So, yes, the, actually the story of the week for the Minnesota Timberwolves that I rudely didn't mention right at the beginning because I just wanted to hop into game reviews. Well, Kevin Love, ladies and gentlemen. Kevin Love. That guy. We're going to give him a congratulations on correctly being named an all-star starter. That's right, folks. Kevin Love has been named an all-star starter. That means he was voted in by the fans. Kevin Love was voted in by the fans. That is absolutely awesome. There is justice after all. It's not just the Blake Griffins of the world, the Vince Carters in the past, not currently, of the world. All the guys that can just dunk and make the highlight play that get voted into the all-star game. Or because he's cool, like, oh, he's so cool because he's He's this and he's that. You know, like, Helen Iverson is so damn cool. we got to vote him in. Dude, he's not, the, he's not the best. He's not a top five player anymore. Why are you voting him in still? You know, it, it got like that. Grant Hill was like that. Um, the frustration goes off the charts with some of these guys. <laughs> Getting into the All-Star game. That don't necessarily deserve to be the starter. Maybe they can get in as a reserve and such. But to see Kevin Love instead of... And yes, Blake Griffin got voted in. But Kevin Love, who did he beat out for the All-Star starting role? Who did he beat out now that we're calling them front court players instead of uh, instead of forward, forward, and, uh, you know, <laughs> center. Now we call them just front court players and then guards and all that good stuff. But, uh, yeah, who did he beat out? Who did he beat out? That's right, Dwight Howard. Hee-hee! <laughs> oh, my God! Absolutely love that. Kevin Love beat out Dwight Howard for the All-Star starting role. Yes, sir, that's right. Thank you so much. So, very cool to see that as well. Congratulations, Kevin Love, in order there. All right, on to the uh, other interactions, because I did post that on the Facebook page. Tanae uh, Brown 
clicked like on it anyway, which I appreciate, but yeah, it's too bad I didn't hear from him. I'm surprised he didn't like uh, get all excited about that Warriors game. I'm sure he clicked like and stuff, but where are you, man? Where are you? Where are you? Miss you. <laughs> yeah, he clicked like on that too, but uh, maybe he's busy. I understand. All right, so uh, Hank McCoy was talking about the uh, the Warriors game. Hank and uh, Tanay, we were all kind of, well, H- Hank is the one that interacted in it, saying uh, a gutsy win by the Wolves. Heck, even Shved with his broken nose. That's right, Shved had a broken nose this week. That was one of the other injuries where he had to put on the, uh, what's his name, uh, Rip Hamilton mask. <laughs> the man behind the mask. He had to put the mask on and, uh, uh, yep. Hank continuing, saying, you must have been holding your breath with Barnes so open with that last shot, though, and that's for damn sure, but he missed. Only one of seven from the floor, like I was talking about earlier. Um, (coughs) And yes, the Timberwolves overcame the Golden Horrors of Oracle Arena. I couldn't believe it. Yes, the Golden Horrors, that was an article I wrote years ago on TimberwolvesPress.com, which I'm not sure the site exists anymore, unfortunately. Um, I wasn't cheering for it to go down at all, no. It just did, I guess, unfortunately. So, um... <laughs> uh, yeah, but I wrote an article about Golden Horrors, how the Wolves never win in Golden State, and how a lot of us were hoping the Wolves would win there, and we ended up losing, like, it was that really nuts, uh, nuts so I'd score back when Kurt Rambis, I mean, you think the defense is bad now, but, like, in the Kurt Rambis year, the Wolves gave up, well, like, 150 points in regulation in that game, lost by 40. I mean, 150 points. It was buck 52, I believe. I think I used to call it. Or was it buck fifty one? But one point difference there to think of that a team could give up that many points in a regular season game in regulation is just absolutely nuts. Uh, regular season in, in regulation is just off the charts horrible. Um, so I wrote an article called Golden Horrors, and it just talked about the history of the Wolves and the Warriors and how I saw a eighteen point lead turn into a twenty eight point loss when I was a season ticket holder in Target Center dead bleeping serious when I say that. I saw a 20 point lead evaporate before my eyes with about 4 minutes to go, 6 minutes to go in the 4th quarter. I think it was 4 minutes watching Larry Hughes strip the ball from Bobby Jackson and such down the court and the Willis luckily won that one by like a basket. <laughs> it was really dramatic. It was just a couple weeks after that like 50 point turnaround in that game. So yes, I've seen some really awful stuff with the Wolves and Warriors and obviously like I've mentioned a million times the win the Wolves are the number one seed in the Western Conference. They the two times they went into Oracle, they lost by twenty two points each time. It was it was just ridiculous because the Warriors were like the equivalent of what the the Bucks or the Jazz are today, record wise. They weren't good and they torched the Wolves. So yeah, that was fun. We'll say they were like the Pelicans. We'll say they were like that. Yeah, just torched the Wolves. Bullcrap. Um, Hank continuing to talk about uh, Rubio and such. So Hank McCoy, obviously the main host, the main executive producer and such, like, you know, basically my role here on Timberwolves Explosion <laughs> over there, talking about don't lose Ricky Rubio, Timberwolves. He was talking about uh, showing an article from Yahoo. Very cool. Um, Rubio saying, I'm just not having as much fun as I used to be, as it used to be. It's like, ouch, that hurts. Hmm. This developed like a trillion comments, though, actually. Holy moly. Dan May saying he's gone. Stu Benson saying, sorry, you're not having fun, Ricky. Try shooting better than 35% and not being a defensive liability. And you might get off the pine. Sincerely, Wolves fans. That's actually pretty good stuff there, Stu. That's actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would like to see a little better shooting. Um, this are, What is he saying? Dan again saying, Dan May saying, uh, he's the white Andrew Bynum too far? Yeah, he's too far. I don't see him elbowing people in the in the... In the in midair now. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> White Andrew Bynum. Look at you. Vince Germano saying dicks. He called them dicks. Adelman is a huge part of the problem. Yes. Yes. I think Vince Germano is getting a little gold star for that one. Uh, Stu saying, yeah, he hates flashy pass first up tempo guards like Jason Williams. Oh, wait. Oh, Stu. Zing. That was a good one. Nice comeback there. Vince come, continuing with Adelman has lost that roller coaster. Or she, what am I talking about? Adelman has lost that roster. I'm sorry. Adelman has lost that roster and killed morale, making a change for Hollins. Would do this team and Rubio the world of good. Yeah, I like Hollins too. 
that being Lionel Hollins, the former Memphis Grizzlies coach, who used to destroy the Timberwolves every time the Memphis Grizzlies played the Wolves. The Grizzlies were the third team. That was a weirdly, a weird, really tough matchup for the Wolves for quite a while there. Um, <laughs> Stu Benson, look at these guys going back and forth. You guys should check some of this out. <laughs> Stu saying that Vince is so gay for Rubio. So gay. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, all right then. Uh, they're going going back and forth, attacking each other a little bit, having some fun, as the Aussies like to do. They're having a lot of fun. Stu was saying, I'm not writing him off, but I'm not going to prepare his plaque for the Hall of Fame either. Uh, yeah, Vince was saying he's not writing him off as quick. So, yes, um, lots of intense conversation there. Let's see where, let's read this one from Hank that's a little bit longer. Uh, he says, well, you know what? Screw the T-Wolves, Rubio, and Caleb. Piss, piss them all off. And move the whole bleeping franchise to bleep in Seattle. No one wants to play in Mini because it's cold as bleep. The team has been run by chimps since forever. When was the last time they can even sign a big free agent? Never. Yeah, I'm tired too. Wow, look at you. Wow, man, look at you, Hank. Look at you. <laughs> wow. Look at you, Hank. Look at you. I think he's just kind of being a little sarcastic, though, I'm sure, because he's saying no one's writing off Rubio, you putz. He was saying the Vins. Oh, man. Lots of conversation back and forth here. Lots and lots. Oh, my. We'll wrap up uh, Facebook here very soon. Vince saying, I just think Adelman's done. He's done a crappy job, and he's totally lost the roster. I guarantee he's the main reason Rubio isn't having as much fun. Next season, target some bench guys and a good veteran. Bring in Hollins, and this team improves majorly. Hank saying he's lost the team last season. If anyone is unhappy, it's actually Adelman. He should have taken the year off to look after his wife. Problem is, if they wait until the end of the year to make a change, it's my opinion, they lose Caleb. Ooh, very interesting thoughts by both of them. Oh, man. I, I, I don't think Kevin Love is going to leave. I, you know, I don't think so. There, there's just, as much as people think he, he wants to leave... I don't think so. Somehow, I, I get a vibe that he, he does like it here, and, and he really does appreciate the fans. I think he does. And I do think, as weird as this might sound, as weird as this might sound, if Love is so worried about his image and stuff in the league, I think this past week may have really improved, as goofy as this might sound, I think it may have improved Kevin Love's chances of staying in Minnesota. The fact that he got voted in as an all-star starter. It it helps. I mean, Kevin Garnett was, like, so popular no matter what. He's going to get voted in at the time. He was so damn popular with everybody. Everybody thought he was the coolest thing since sliced bread. So he was going to get voted in regardless if he played in Minnesota, Seattle, uh, or Hawaii, <laughs> or, or Alaska Anchorage. I mean, it didn't matter. Kevin Garnett was going to be an all-star starter. But Kevin Love was not the kind of guy that's necessarily all looked on. Everybody thinks he's the coolest dude in the world. And he still got voted in, folks. And because he deserved it, for one. But he still got voted in. Regardless if people don't think he's the coolest guy in the world. Regardless if he plays on a team that not everybody looks on as like the cool team in the league. Like the Lakers. The Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers. All the time. The Lakers and the Knicks. And the, uh, and the Heat and the Magic. And God knows what else. He got voted in as a starter. That means something, folks. And the flipping Clippers, God, I don't even want to talk about them. Um, I think that I think that does help. I think that eases Kevin Love's worry, maybe about his image in the league a little bit. I think it does, folks. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. I know what I'm talking about. I've been watching this game for a long time, and <laughs> I know how these guys are wired. I don't know as much as some people, but I have a pretty good idea. And that look on Kevin Love's face in the little video when he was thanking the fans for voting him in as an all-star starter, you know, I, you would have never heard Stefan Marbury say what he said. Marbury, you knew was gone because just that's just who Marbury is. But the way Kevin Love said, I'm really proud to represent the Twin Cities in Minnesota, some people might think that's just meaningless dribble. No, I think that I think that was real, folks. I do. I think there was something to that, that... Kevin, you know, 
Kevin Love, I don't think he's the kind of guy he would just say that to say that. He, he doesn't strike me as that type of person. All right, so obviously that's the biggest story with the Minnesota Timberwolves right now overall is not only the fact that Love has been named an all-star starter, but obviously the long-term future of Kevin Love, a major concern for people across the planet <laughs> that love the NBA. A major, major concern, and obviously the biggest concern in the entire franchise. So, yeah, I guess it's a good thing I talked about it. Uh, Hank McCoy saying the Timberwolves-Golden State game. Rubio just hit his fourth, his first fourth-quarter field goal since December 16th. Crikey! If that doesn't highlight it, I don't know what does. Hank continuing saying, I'm sure Rubio will get better, but can the Wolves and Kevin Love afford to wait until then? Well, a win like that is going to help, Hank. It's going to help. It's not... A season. I mean, it might not be a season changer, but I think it could. It could be a building block to that. Uh, Stu saying, "Can't believe you're talking about his turnovers like that. Give him a chance." Oh, <laughs> Hank saying turnovers. I'm talking about his jump shot. Oh boy, <laughs> they kind of chuckled a little bit. He said, "Hank saying he zinged himself." Oh, that was funny. Oh, you guys are funny. Hank posting something about oh the Kevin Love commercial. With the Taco Bell XXL steak nachos, and they're very good actually. I had one a couple of nights ago, and they're very good. They they are very good, and it's a fun commercial. Do check it out on YouTube and obviously on the Timberwolves page. <laughs> Hank saying, "Geez, I'm hungry. Any food? Timberwolves stories for us, Joey?" Oh, I didn't respond. Shame on me. Sorry about that, Hank. Um, no, I I don't think so. Timberwolves stories. I don't know about food though. Nah, I'll think about it and I'll post it on there. <laughs> so let's briefly check the Twitter. There really, I don't think there actually was really any interactions this week regarding the show um, and the play of the team too much. Uh, but I did get into a interesting little Twitter war with a couple of names here. <laughs> Britt Robson and uh, Zachary Bennett. I wouldn't call the Zach Bennett. He's from tpups.com. And uh, timberpups.com, but um, I wouldn't call the, the one with Zach like an argument. That was more of like, I don't know, conversational, we'll call it. Uh, the Britt Robson one, Robson one, a little different. Uh, I'm just going to leave that alone. It's, uh, yeah, well, it just was what it was. <laughs> um, it just was what it was. I don't know. Some people are just, I don't know, they say things that they, I don't know, I just don't agree with. And uh, that's, it gets things started sometimes. Um, eh, I was looking for one from Mr. Train a while back, talking about uh, he basically was talking about it's nice to have Buttinger back and such. So uh, if I can't get it up right away, there it is. He was yeah, because I I want to read it because I didn't because I didn't read it on the last show and I feel bad about it. Brent, uh, yeah, Mr. Train saying good to see Airbud back for the Wolves. He's no star. But he's just what the team needs. So, yeah, I mean, I do appreciate that, Mr. Train. Don't don't be afraid to keep tweeting us. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good to have Bunninger back, but it's certainly not off to a good start. Certainly not. So that, that's the unfortunate part with him. Not disagreeing with you about Bud being back, but unfortunately, yeah. Kind of a lot like last year when he came back from the injury. Just didn't look that good. He just didn't. And that sucks. It would be nice to see Buttinger be just flat-out healthy, come in and, and just be what Chase Buttinger is supposed to be, a sharpshooter with a little athleticism. So we're still waiting for that, unfortunately. But uh, I guess we'll have some time to do that now that he's on a nice contract here. So, <laughs> again, it is what it is. It is what it is. All right, we're going to put the wraps on this episode of Timberwolves Explosion. I want to thank all of you for listening, and I do want to encourage you to please, please, if you like the show, rate us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. would be very much appreciated. Give us a nice positive rating. Tell us what you like about the show. would be so appreciated. And, of course, like and follow the Facebook and Twitter accounts. And don't forget to call into those phone lines. That would be oh so appreciated at 209-736-7877. Yes, sir. Thank. want to give uh, special thanks, obviously, to... Dylan Richardson of thesportstuff.com and Oddly Stevenson of theoddman.com. It is A-U-D-M-A-N.com. A-U-D-M-A-N.com. Not O-D-D. <laughs> so it's like audio, odd, oddman, and obviously oddly Stevenson as well. So there you go. Do give that page a check out. And of course, because the Courtside Podcast is on there, you got to like that. 
and of course the the crossover podcast, New York Knicks Brooklyn Nets show on the sportsstuff.com with Rusty and PMAC. Just posted a brand new one up there, so do be sure to check that out on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. Thanks again everybody for listening and we will be back next week to preview hope or to review hopefully a very positive week for the Minnesota Timberwolves. 